Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, welcome to Parlor to Plate, the weekly podcast from EverAg Insights dedicated to offering listeners enlightening discussion and actionable intelligence about dairy markets. I'm your host today, Erica Medke. If you've not heard this podcast before, join the club. It's relatively new to the EverAg Insights lineup, and we're excited to have you along for the ride. If you like what you hear, please like us, subscribe, and tell a friend or two. It is Wednesday, February 22nd at 4.06 p.m., and here's a quick rundown of today's markets. Spot CME Cheddar Block landed at $1.96 today, up $0.08 versus last week. Barrels, $1.60, gaining $0.06. Whey at $0.46, up $0.02 from last week. Butter settled at $2.38, losing $0.06. Nonfat dry milk down to $1.2150 losing a penny and a quarter. In our grains complex, the nearby corn settled today at 6.74 per bushel, down two and a quarter cents versus last week. Soybeans, 15.39.50 per bushel, up 13 and three quarter cents from last week. Today, we are lucky to have another all-star cast from around the United States. So let me introduce to you the stars of the show, First off, we've got Tiffany LaMondola, our Vice President of Risk Management based in California. So welcome from the Sunshine State. How are you, Tiffany? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Next, we've got Kevin Peterson, Broker, Commercial Services Extraordinaire based out of Chicago. How are you, Kevin? It's a little rainy over here today, but I am doing just fine. Glad to have you. Finally, we have Jake Kingsley, EverEgg's Director of Feed Procurement based in Texas. I doubt there's snow down by you, Jake. There is not. It is warm and sunny down here today. Excellent. As is customary, the first thing we do is talk about what's the buzz? What's going on in everybody's world? So I'd open the floor to Tiffany. Today, milk production came out, two o'clock Central Standard Time. What's the buzz out in California? What's the buzz in your world? Yeah, all eyes were on this report as we continue to kind of monitor how the nation's uh, dairy producers are responding. This was for milk production for the month of January, and the number came in at plus 1.3% across the U.S. My buzz today is going to be that cow numbers were up 9,000 head month over month from December to January. That was a gain after two months of declines. The other thing I'll point out, and we can talk a little bit more about later, is that California was flat year over year. So all eyes were on how our uh, atmospheric rivers (laughs) impacted production during the uh, month, and it looked like we we held uh, at least steady year over year. Great. Thanks, Tiffany. Kevin, what's the buzz in your world these days following out of milk production? You know, the last uh, couple of weeks on the commercial side, we've talked about some stuff overseas. I guess the buzz, I'll keep it here domestic this week, would be that block barrel spread. You know, last year we averaged at about two cents over for the block all year. The high of the block was about 30 over the barrel and went all the way down near the end of the year to 24 cents under the barrel. So a lot of volatility and some big swings that we're seeing in that spread. It continues to get talked about a lot on on our side for sure starting into 2023 we've been we've seen blocks about 40 over and currently sitting about 36 so you know obviously there's a huge drive there with uh, cheese plant profitability so i think a lot of eyes are on that you know with regards to the milk production report i think 
you know, for the most part, it was pretty, you know, it came in a little over expectations, but really near to be expected and, you know, really not a whole lot of buzz from the commercial or end user side on that. Well, thanks, Kevin. Finally, Jake, can you give us the buzz in your world? Yeah, I think uh, on the grain feed side of the equation here, the the big highlights right now are going to be the Russia-Ukraine situation. We're coming up on the one-year anniversary here on Friday, the 24th of February. We'll also have the Grain Corridor Treaty up for renewal sometime in mid-March. Uh, questions around whether or not that's renewed and how that affects the grain markets going forward. Um, and then, of course, we have South American harvest, and then their second corn crop, their safrina crop planting that'll be underway here in the next few weeks to look at, as well as we're now within about two months of planting here in the United States. So a lot of grain moving around here in the Western Hemisphere, how logistics play out there and what inputs look like going into the U.S. crop here in, in April as they really get to planting. So what's the buzz around the inputs? I mean, I've heard people talk about fertilizer and availability. What are the concerns there? We've seen natural gas prices come off significantly uh, over the last few months. That's a major raw material for fertilizer products. And so fertilizer numbers have come down, though they're not necessarily back at historically average numbers. They're well off of their recent highs. So prices are better, but the question now becomes, I think, a little bit of a logistical snafu as far as retailers are a little bit concerned about prices continuing to fall. So they don't want to go and own a whole bunch of inventory and own it at a high price and then have to try to sell it at that high price or, or sell it at a lower price and take a loss. So it's kind of a little bit of a game of cat and mouse of, do we have enough purchase to get to our crop producers and get them what they need? Or is everybody going to hit the market all at the same time and there'll be a shortage just because of a lack of availability in the pipeline? Well, thanks everybody for the buzz. Now moving to the center of the plate here. I think milk production is really what folks want to know and what our take is here. So I'd really invite Tiffany and Kevin here. You know, we saw milk production going up. What does this mean for producers, Tiffany? Kevin, what does this mean for folks who are looking to hedge? What is your outlook? So Tiffany, if you want to go first. Yeah, thanks, Erica. I guess just in thinking about the numbers a little bit, if we zoom back and for those of us at least have been in the industry a long time, coming off a year like 2022 with the milk prices the way they were, you know, I think in years past, we would have seen a really big gain in milk production or that would have been in the expectation and here we are, you know, we've definitely had months of growth. 1.3% though isn't exactly, you know, knocking it way out of the park. Um, and I think it just speaks to a little lower growth rate that we've seen for the last year. And we've been calling out as a factor of some of the base programs across the U.S. probably coming into play. That being said, though, it was the strongest growth rate we've seen in five months. So that sort of is it the alternating viewpoint. And I think the cow numbers, as I mentioned earlier, are kind of the key because that, you know, now this report is in the past. I mean, certainly the reports out of the Midwest, the gains there squared right with all the anecdotal reports we've been getting for months now with a lot of excess milk in that area. And so thinking forward, we do have a little more, as we would say, cow power now for the months ahead to the extent guys are able to grow. That increase in cow numbers is definitely notable. I guess one other thing I might be worth pointing out is interesting, though, in a few areas, like if you think about New York, who definitely has really strong base programs in place, 
we still saw growth over 3% there. So that caught my eye. And the final point I'll make is that all eyes were on California, obviously, for the winter weather we had in January. You know, I, I don't know what the U.S. number would have looked like if California had eked out a positive number, but to the extent weather held back production in the state that month, that could have skewed outcomes, certainly, but we did remain flat year over year. I think the other interesting point to note here, the volume of milk is up, but that also doesn't necessarily tell us about the components. And so we've got volume up, but within that, Tiffany, you know, the fat and the protein levels we've seen boost. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think folks, for the most part in 2022, even though feed prices were really high, the milk price was there to keep feeding for those higher components. I guess that is an interesting concept to think about in the months ahead as we know for sure producers are going to be seeing squeezed margins here in the months to come and whether or not they alter feed rations as a result. But I think for now, components are probably very, very strong. Thanks, Tiffany. Kevin, what are you seeing? Yeah, as Tiffany pointed out, a strong, uh, fairly strong milk production report. You know, definitely noticed it in the Midwest. You know, a lot of milk there. Hearing milk trading from 10 under, I've even heard some reports up to 16 under. So I think some manufacturers taking advantage of some cheap milk when and where possible. Um, you know, I kind of like the year end reports just to look at milk production, you know, for the total year over year. Uh, versus 2021, just some notable things, you know, that I see California down 0.2%. So basically unchanged year over year for the whole year, but still seeing a lot of growth in states like Texas and South Dakota. So it's a good year and report there. But yeah, it's interesting to see California still struggling, not really putting any gains in there. And then another point too, I always like to look at at the bottom of the report, farms still continuing to consolidate about just uh, over 2,000 less farms um, from 2021, yet still more milk. So still seeing a lot of consolidation that, you know, obviously we are um, accustomed to seeing nowadays. So as you think about this milk production report coming out, how did the market react? You know, not, not a whole lot of reaction, I don't think. I mean, I think this one probably tends to lean neutral to maybe slightly bearish. But, you know, I, I guess at least on the commercial side, there doesn't tend to be a whole lot of reaction to the milk production reports as they're you know, they pretty much come around on on expectations, maybe a few, you know, tenths of percentage points up or down here or there. But I think for the most part, this one's going to be pretty neutral and not a whole lot of buzz or things coming off it. So a bit of a snoozer. Yeah, I think so. Our last segment of the show, if I were a, so I would ask Tiffany, if I were a producer, what would you be considering? Yeah, I think we're still in the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with my same motto as, as last time is we're still playing a bit of defense here, um, particularly for folks out here in the West. Um, the markets are not offering us a lot of opportunities to protect margin. So I would say over the next three to six months, it's maybe looking at, you know, just taking more downside risk off the table and then possibly shifting the strategy for the latter part of the year, should we see milk production contract further given constrained margins. So nearby, keep looking at downside protection further out, maybe be a little more patient. All right, Kevin. So if I were a manufacturer or somebody holding inventory, what would you be considering in today's market? Yeah, if I were a manufacturer, you know, looking out in non-fat, there's not a whole lot there after the cost of carrying is factored in there. Um, pretty flat curve out there. However, if you know, cheese is a, a pretty good premium out there, especially getting into the July to Dece months. So, you know, especially holding, uh, you know, if I had barrels, I would be looking to, to hold on to those. You know, the implied barrel curve 
is even up to 170 just in March and uh, kind of tops out around two bucks all the way out in October. You know, same thing with butter, a little bit of a carry in there. A lot of things as well as an end user looking out at, at the, the rest of the year, especially for cheese and butter, kind of a, a higher price than some might be, you know, wanting there. But, you know, I think at some point here, you might have to uh, bite the bullet and start to to get some coverage even at uh, at levels that might not be as attractive as in years past. A big thank you today to Tiffany, Kevin, and Jake for joining me and joining the listeners. Great contributions to the buzz moving into the center of the plate and great insights for our different listening crowds. I appreciate you being here and sharing all of your insights. Thank you as always to Paige Driscoll, our media master who makes all of us sound good. Thank you to the listeners for joining us today. If you like what you hear, subscribe us on your favorite app. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do for our day job, helping people manage risk, contact us at insights at ever.ag. 